How bad can it really be for your testosterone level if you don't get enough sleep each night? Is it really that big of a deal? Does sleep even affect testosterone at all? Well, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about in this week's podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Building Lifelong Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Renneke. Thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Our goal here is to help keep you active and healthy for life through actionable, evidence-informed education. We hope you like what you see. Today, we're talking all about sleep and testosterone, right? So we know that sleep is one of our pillars of health, right? One of the most critical things you can do, and for so many different reasons. And spoiler alert here, you can stop the podcast if you want. It's no different from testosterone. It does play a factor as well. But I want to dive a little deeper into how testosterone and sleep are linked. So kind of getting behind this here. Okay, so the first question I have is like, where does this all come from? You'll see a consistent theme that I kind of like digging back to figure out, hey, like, where did this come from? Like, you know, why is this pervasive? Because a lot of times we'll see things, right? We'll see things in the media and they say, you know, X is Y or this happens because of this. And I was wondering, like, did like, has, have we actually like, checked that? Is this true? Like, where does it come from? And more just intellectual curiosity. I'm like, hey, like, what, is, what does it actually mean? Like, where does that come from? How, how do we know what we know? And so I kind of like digging back to see a little bit first to make sure just for, like directly in the right area. Obviously, I'm not coming through every single paper ever written since the 1950s. That would be impossible. But I kind of just look back and say, hey, like directionally, what does the data seem to show? And then where does that come from? So as in most things, this kind of started with observational data. Some epidemiologic stats, though, about 28 to 40% of people are saying that they don't they, they don't get enough sleep every night. Since they're saying they're getting less than seven hours of sleep per night. And the recommendations are to get it between seven and nine. So, you know, anywhere from 28 to 40%, so at least a third of people are sleeping less than seven hours a night. That's probably not ideal. And we do know that poor sleep is linked to a lot of different bad outcomes. I mean, just literally pick like a health outcome and having poor sleep is probably related to it. Things specifically that come off the top of head, I think about our type two diabetes, obesity, even cardiovascular events, things like heart attacks. There's just so many things that are affected by poor sleep that it kind of makes sense intuitively, right? That like, okay, if we have poor sleep, then it should do something to testosterone. So that's kind of what directionally it, it makes sense. Like I said, it checks out mechanistically that like, okay, yeah, like sleep is super important. So it probably affects some really important systems in our body. And the first kind of study looking at this overall in the early 70s showed that testosterone seemed to peak and coincide with REM sleep. So we think about REM, there's different stages of sleep in different cycles. And, you know, there's kind of a whole sleep cycle and we kind of roll through these different phases. If you want more about that earlier podcast, you know, we talked about sleep kind of in the necessary nine. We did talk about that. And we can, if you want more, you can talk about that. But it seemed like early in the 70s, they're saying, hey, these testosterone peaks, we seem to have peaks during REM sleep. So these deeper stages of sleep. And then, like I said, on top of that, it was kind of like the first one, like, hey, like, whoa, maybe testosterone and sleep is related. We'll kind of go from there. And then kind of some additional studies, we had similar sleep deprivation studies that also showed um, that when sleep was deprived, testosterone levels started to decrease. So once again, showing hand in hand that, okay, maybe as we're decreasing our sleep, we might have a lower you know, amount of testosterone. So once again, directionally, once again, saying, hey, this looks like something's going there. And then we've also had longitudinal observation studies going from there. And, you know, that kind of also corroborate this as well. So once again, kind of started with this idea, like, hey, like we saw testosterone go down when we are sleep deprived people and then kind of progressed to bigger, larger cohort studies that we've looked at here. And so what is the actual mechanism between testosterone and sleep? Or is there a valid mechanism that makes sense mechanistically and actually turns out to come to fruition? Well, we're not entirely sure what this is. There's some ideas on what it might be, but there's definitely nothing slam dunk saying like, hey, 
this is the reason why testosterone is linked to sleep or xy there's a couple things that we'll talk about here you know like i said first of all we talk about we do think testosterone secretion is tightly linked with sleep and like i said peak levels occur just before or after rem onset so once we get in that rem part of our sleep cycle that is deeper sleep that's when it seems to happen and this takes about 90 minutes for testosterone to get restored you know to its peak after we've kind of started sleeping and it kind of makes sense you know think what sleep cycles are generally around 90 minutes so what essentially the way i read that is hey it takes us about 90 minutes for testosterone to kind of peak again get back to its normal levels because it takes us about that long to get into our deep sleep cycles kind of around that REM area and so theoretically you know if we have fragmented sleep that can disrupt our testosterone release right so if you think about it if we need that 90 minutes or we need to get to that REM if you are just you know I think about having a child you know <laughs> having a child it is definitely will wreck your sleep that's for sure and it will make a very fragmented sleep uh, anybody who's lived through that understands that but you know kind of get that thing where maybe you're dozing off you don't quite get to that 90 minute two hour period you know that's where that kind of sits in you just like never feel restful but that's a situation we're thinking about where you don't quite get to those 90 minute blocks you don't quite get to that deep sleep that may decrease the release of testosterone so that's one thing we think about However, like I said, this doesn't always track in terms of sleep issues and low testosterone. So it's not like 100% locked in. Oh, like if you have sleep deprivation all the time, you're low testosterone. As we know, like I said, every podcast you can turn into and just be like, okay, Jordan's going to say some things and show what like directionally things that may be happening, but I bet he doesn't have anything like definitively 100% rock solid. Well, no, that's because that's science. We're never going to be like, and if someone's saying, hey, I definitely know this is all the time in an area that's a little gray, then like I said, it's, I wouldn't trust that person. But like I said, this is not a huge deal, meaning it doesn't really matter what the explicit mechanism it would obviously be great to know so we can adjust that later but like i said this is the direction that we're seeing but that being said there are studies where it doesn't necessarily track with those who have low testosterone and sleep issues it doesn't necessarily looks like they go hand in hand so there's some people are saying that hey they have sleep issues and they don't have low testosterone other people are saying hey i do have sleep issues i don't like i said every single instance i've seen in the literature saying sleep issues with normal or low testosterone that's there also looked at kind of the other end saying people who've taken like testosterone replacement so theoretically if we have lost testosterone does it affect sleep they also might have sleep problems and so it's definitely not 100 percent solved that's for sure but like i said that's just what i want to just play the devil's advocate saying hey there's a little caveat there um, another idea for why it may be happening is it may have to do with free testosterone levels during sleep um, they say that hey maybe as you are sleeping there's actually some ideas so i kind of like pressures between the different chemical gradients that as you're sleeping that allows more free testosterone to increase while you're sleeping and that leads to a increase in testosterone but except no definitive mechanism but those are kind of the leading ideas for like hey why sleep does play a role with testosterone okay and now let's talk about the next section here and talk about how sleep can be like this miracle drug or can be a house of horrors and essentially the choice is up to you like i said we do know that lost sleep has so many effects it's almost endless like if you i could do a whole series on sleep absolutely and maybe i will in the future i probably plan on let me know in the comments below if you think that'd be interesting but sleep definitely seems to play you know a role on testosterone levels and when you don't get enough sleep it may decrease testosterone some of the papers i looked at you could kind of expect to see a difference around like i said some papers mentioned as little as like five nanograms per deciliter difference in per hour loss so if you lost one hour you'd lose about five you know nanograms per deciliter of testosterone which really is not if you go back and talk to our or listen to our previous podcast you know that there's a huge variance in the testosterone tests so five i'm like meh whatever other papers say there's about a 10 to 15 percent loss in that testosterone so that's a little more substantial but all i know is like the only thing they found to have a stronger association than sleep with testosterone in these specific studies was bmi so we've kind of harped on that multiple times like i said it's pretty consistent with what i've previously talked about how it's like hey the big rocks are the big rocks and i do think sleep is a big rock i will say that but like i said once again 
It's all those things. There's no free lunch. We start to see people will say, oh, you need to do this for testosterone or this for testosterone. And at the end of the day, like really what it's going to come out to is a holistic lifestyle change. It is not going to be a quick fix anywhere. There's not one supplement. There's not one food. There's not one specific exercise. It's going to be a holistic lifestyle chain that is going to lead to a change in testosterone. And so that's one thing that I mentioned. Like I said, it's not sexy. It's a little boring, but I think it's very important. And so overall, there was one thing that I thought was kind of interesting. They kind of looked at the different factors of sleep. You know, obviously most of the literature just talks about sleep quantity, meaning, hey, how many hours of sleep do you get tonight? But is there something to different metrics of sleep that actually may make a difference to testosterone? Well, that's possible. And one thing they looked at was sleep quality. And it seems that like your sleep quality actually matters. The quantity, like I said, is definitely important. You, if you can't do that, though, like, can we focus on getting quality sleep? That may be helpful. There's some data showing that those who felt more tired during the day, which is kind of a proxy for sleep quality, had lower testosterone. So what they're saying here is those who get enough sleep, meaning, hey, I get my seven to nine hours, but I still just feel like garbage all day, I feel really, really tired. That is a proxy in these studies for people who had poor quality sleep. And those people tended to have lower testosterone levels. So it's kind of indicating that maybe the actual sleep cycles play a role in testosterone levels. And it's super plausible, right? Maybe they aren't making as much, you know, quality sleep. They're not getting into that REM deep sleep. And so that's super important. So the question is, is sleep quality actually the most important? Maybe, possibly, we'll see. The argument could be made, that even if you get 10 hours of sleep and you have terrible sleep quality though, you don't you don't make it to that deep restorative sleep, it may never be as effective. So I don't know, it could sleep quality be more important than sleep quantity. And obviously I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not recommending that. Like once again, I do not want you to take away like, well, Jordan said like, I can just get four hours as long as it's really good. Cause one, that's just setting you up for failure, right? You don't know if you're gonna have quality sleep. And obviously sleep cycles, the number of sleep cycles will add up and going through those, you know, if you give yourself eight hours of sleep cycles, you're gonna have multiple cycles where if you give yourself two to three hours, you're not gonna get through as many cycles. So like I said, I am not saying that that's not the case for quality is like only thing I'm indicating, but if we are gonna sleep and we don't necessarily have a huge chunk, trying to make it as high quality sleep might be, you know, kind of beneficial. And like I said, I will say, why either where you can both, meaning that like try to get both, but it's just kind of interesting thought experience. And then kind of in the same mindset, I want to look at the idea of sleep timing. So like I said, there's a big issue with sleep in the world. We've talked about it. almost a third of people are not getting enough sleep. And so people are looking for sleep hacks, right? Okay, well, okay, sleep quality. Uh, maybe I can try to get good sleep quality. Well, that's going to be hard to like for you to get in control. But there's something you can control in terms of sleep timing. So this is when you sleep. This may also play a role with the relationship to testosterone. So there was a study I was looking at that was showing various timing of sleep restriction. They kind of found that. We had two nights of four hour sleep restriction late in the night. That was similar to eight hours of sleep. But when, you know, the sleep was either completely restricted, meaning they got no sleep the night, or they got four hours early in the night, they had lower testosterone levels. So what they're saying here is essentially what they did, they had these groups that looked at it and said, all right, we're going to restrict your sleep. It's either going to be early in the night, late in the night, or the complete night. Or then the control group, obviously, who just slept eight hours, or they can kind of compare them to themselves. So but overall, what they found is those who had the sleep later in the night, so they stayed up later, later, and then got those only four hours of sleep, they actually had similar testosterone levels to those who had the eight hours of sleep. But those who only got their sleep early in the night versus um, those who lost all their sleep, essentially, those both had lower testosterone. So it was had a negative effect if you had sleep early in the night but not later or if you just miss sleep which that makes sense like if you just don't sleep at all like obviously it's not gonna be a good time no it's gonna be fun but i thought it was really interesting so you may be onto something here if you only have one choice maybe stick with a later bedtime but like i said once again this is not a good plan and the reason i say this is not a good plan is because like 
almost the exact opposite can be said for insulin sensitivity in some of the studies that I've seen, meaning it might be better to sleep earlier to help lower your insulin resistance. So like if you're trying to cut corners, you're really just playing with fire. I don't think it's a good idea. Once again, trying to get quantity, quality, and both morning early and late sleep during the night. I think that's a good idea. All right, another topic I just wanna to touch on is sleep apnea. There's definitely a link with sleep apnea and low testosterone levels among many other issues with sleep apnea. So if you have sleep apnea and it's uncontrolled, not a good thing. But I don't wanna to get too in depth, this is probably a whole different podcast, but sleep apnea is where your breath essentially gets interrupted over and over while you sleep, leading to a host of issues. There are multiple screening tests you can do for this. You know, and the one probably the most common is called the stop bang, S-T-O-P hyphen B-A-N-G. This is kind of the big one everyone talks about. It's an acronym, right? So each one of those, eight letters stands for something, meaning, you know, the S is snoring. Do you have snoring during the night? T is, are you tired during the day? Meaning, man, I'm just so tired. O is, do you have observed apneic events? Apneic means like you're breathing, breathing, and all of a sudden you stop breathing and then you go back. You know, obviously you're not observing those. It's usually a spouse. The biggest thing is always when I talk to patients and they have their significant other in the room, it's, you know, it's like, do you snore? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And the other person's like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, they snore. Please help me, doctor. And I think it's always, you know, kind of just hilarious how the other person's like completely blue. It's like, eh, I don't think so. And the other person's like, I hate it. So, but obviously someone's going to observe those apneic events. That's one. The P is going to be pressure. We need to have hypertension. Uh, do we have elevated blood pressure? That is an indicator. Um, B stands for BMI greater than 35. A is for age greater than 50. Um, N is for neck size, which is greater than 16 inches or greater than 40 centimeters. And then last one, the G is for uh, gender. And then that's for males have a higher prevalence of it. But that being said, you kind of get one point for each thing. So if you hit that and you say, hey, I have high blood pressure and I have apneic events and I have snoring, that's, you know, three points and whatnot. And then just however many you have is your total score. And if you had yes to three or four of those, you're at intermediate risk. Anything above four is a high risk. But that being said, it's not hard and fast where you're saying, oh, like you were three, that's only intermediate, like it's not a big deal. You know, go talk to your doctor. If you are concerned for this at all, if you're like, man, do I have sleep apnea? Like stop listening to a podcast and trying to self-diagnose because one, you can't really do much about it other than weight loss potentially. And two, like you need to talk to a professional about this because there are really good treatments for this. You know, like there's plenty of people who have this, who just have horrible sleep and then they're able to get on a uh, either a mouth device or a mask and have a significantly improved sleep. So that is a really important thing. And like I said, I'm not going to go into deep detail, but understand that, hey, if you have sleep apnea, it is probably a huge risk factor for so many other things, for cardiovascular health, for as I said, with testosterone, for just so many things. So if you are concerned for that, um, please talk to your doctor about that. All right, moving on. Now, you might be listening to this and be like, well, Jordan, I don't sleep very well. I'm pretty worried about how like screwed am I about this? Well, like, there's no real data on like chronic sleep deprivation and reversal that I could necessarily see, but we'll kind of extrapolate from what I've seen. There are studies showing though, though if you're acutely sleep deprived, meaning you've kind of missed a couple days or had decreased sleep up a couple days, there's some data suggesting that even after like a single night of sleep recovery, then you return back to your normal levels. So like I said, at the end of the day, I think one or two bad days here. Obviously, you're not going to feel good. We don't recommend that to be a trend, but like you're going to be fine. Take had to kick a extra sleep the next night. And I you know I know there's no, the whole idea that you maybe can't quote unquote recover sleep debt, but it seems like if you get back and start getting those, those cycles again of the deep sleep, you tend to get back to your normal testosterone levels. But overall, based off of those trends, I am optimistic that like most chronic issues, this can probably be reversed, and it's just going to take some concerted effort. It's concerted effort meaning like okay, you're going to have to make an effort to try to sleep better. And you're like, oh, how do I actually sleep better? And I'm glad you asked because that's the next topic we're going to talk about here is how to improve your sleep. And now this is not the podcast where we're going to go on how to be a sleep expert because one, I'm not a sleep expert, but two, also we don't have enough time for that. Maybe we'll do an entire different series dedicated to sleep, but I want to give you some general principles. And if you want more principles, season one, I also did talk about this as well, but here's some general principles to kind of give you an idea that, Hey, these are things we look for. Hey, maybe help you improve your quality of sleep or sleep duration. 
Number one is give yourself a chance to get enough sleep. I know it sounds stupid, but if you're not in bed for at least 79 hours, then it's going to be hard to sleep for seven to nine hours, right? So I would say get at least 79 in bed hours. That means you're there and give yourself the opportunity. Now, that does not mean you just sit there and lay in bed for hours and hours and hours if you can't fall asleep. That's actually not recommended. They recommend you get up, get around, you know, don't stimulate yourself with screens or anything like that. But that being said, it's hard to get seven to nine hours if you're not at least in bed for seven hours. So that's number one. Number two is get a routine, right? They recommend going to bed at the same time, getting up the same time every day, kind of starts getting on that circadian rhythm, right? Like, hey, this is when I wake up. This is when I go to bed. That can be helpful. Number three is sleep hygiene. That's kind of in general, you know, some quick tips is to avoid late workouts and eating. That can be sometimes disruptive of sleep. Avoid screens in the bedroom. No electronics, at least an hour before bed. So avoiding tablets and cell phones and preferably even TVs as well. Also, we want to try to optimize our room, meaning you sleep in a cold, dark room. So the signs of those cold temperatures actually seem to be uh, helpful with sleep. And then obviously dark, we want it just as black as humanly possible. And also if we're kind of doing those basic things, then it might be time to kind of escalate help. And there are many professionals who can help you in terms of talking with, uh, you know, counselors, therapists, sleep medicine specialists, all that stuff. You can also get CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy for sleep, which can be helpful. Um, it's like, if you've kind of tried the basic things, then it might be time to talk to a professional. But I also want to say, I don't recommend just taking sleeping pills or over the counter products. Like some people are just like, yep, Benadryl baby. That's what I do. And I just don't recommend that. It may help you like get to sleep a little faster, but it doesn't seem to help with the quality of the sleep. It doesn't seem to lead to that restorative sleep we're talking about. Like I said, so that is not the long-term fix to just say, hey, I'm gonna take some Benadryl every night. Like that is not ideal. It can leave you groggy, there are side effects. I'm never gonna just mask a problem. I never recommend that. It's like if you've done all the basic things, then it might be talk, time to talk to a doctor. You, know, so you may have to go to a sleep specialist. You may have to get a sleep study, a formal sleep study, which is what happens is you go into essentially this bedroom and with you get all the stuff hooked up to you and you get uh, you know your your brain waves measured and all the stuff and your breathing and all that stuff to see, hey, there's something going on. And so, but like I said, general tips in terms of sleep hygiene go a really really long way and so if you're like up every night on your phone till two in the morning when you have to get up at like six in the morning like okay there's so many pieces of low-hanging fruit that we can go after that that's kind of what i'm talking about here like i said i'm all about low-hanging fruit and the big rocks obviously control things we can control and there's a lot of things we can control for our sleep all right so i just want to recap real quick before we move on to my take-home idea so as you know sleep is critically important for so many things and that's also true for your testosterone levels we think that poor sleep disrupts testosterone levels because rem sleep is linked to testosterone release and if you aren't getting as much rem sleep then testosterone tends to decrease it seems that the occasional bad night of sleep won't tank your testosterone but it'll probably be lower until you try and recover that lost sleep however if you have chronically affected sleep then you may see a persistent decrease in your testosterone levels the drop of testosterone doesn't seem to be enormous, but it may be around 10 to 50 percent. It's recommended to get about seven to nine hours of sleep to help optimize your testosterone levels, but your sleep timing and quality may also play a role in your levels as well. And so that was kind of the where we've been. Now let's talk about hey, this is my spin on it, my kind of my opinion. So, like most things, this is very nuanced, and none of the numbers I mentioned were totally enormous, right? 10 to 15 percent, you know, or maybe 20 to 50 points of testosterone, all those are kind of within the tolerances of our different variations of the testosterone testing, right? So maybe this isn't a huge amount and there's no real signalless noise, but I do think it's pretty solid in terms of, hey, we see this consistent trend that when we have sleep deprivation studies, that there's something there. And I think it's worth looking into. But that being said, so many other issues rise from lack of sleep that I still think this is super important. So like I said, maybe testosterone decreases a little bit. Like for me, 
personally, I wouldn't be like the biggest thing I'm worried about is your testosterone level. If you're having terrible sleep, because me, it's like, holy cow, like, I'm worried about cardiovascular events that are going to happen. I'm worried about, you know, accidents that are happening because you're sleep divided. Like there's so many other things that like, I think are the biggest or bigger issues from sleep deprivation, but testosterone is just another cherry on top saying, Hey, this also can have an issue when you have poor sleep, you can have decrease in testosterone as well. And like I'll say over and over again, the things we do matter in the long run, right? And it's the little choices that we make that add up over time. And so like I said, an occasional bad night's sleep, it's not going to tank your testosterone. It's not going to be in the world, but repeated sleep deprivation may lower it. And like I said, meet a ton of other issues. And so I always advocate control what you can control, right? Aiming for about seven to nine hours of sleep. That's like our best case scenario, right? I understand life happens. You know, maybe you are have a demanding job and you literally are, have five hours routine where you're supposed to get there and get back. That's a whole other discussion of stress and all that stuff. But, or you have a new infant. And I understand there's no chance of you sleeping seven to nine hours when you have a new infant. It just doesn't happen. But understand that's a goal and that's what we're going for. So, number one is just giving yourself a chunk of time to sleep. That's ideal because what we're talking about next in terms of quality and the onset, like all those things will be dependent on just giving yourself opportunities to sleep. But like I said, if you can't do that, if you can't get seven, nine hours, then get what you can get, obviously get as much as you can. And then we're trying to aim for good quality. So when I mean good quality is where like I said, we're trying to get into those sleep cycles. So maybe quicker onset and get down into those levels as quickly as possible. Obviously you can't control that. You can't be like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's not how it works. But just trying to get to sleep faster as soon as you can. When you do have those precious hours of sleep, that's that's helpful. And so how do we do that? Like I said, sleep hygiene techniques can be very important. Meaning that, hey, when we our head hits that pillow, we have a good chance of falling asleep. So we're just, like I said, just kind of stacking the deck a little bit in our favor. And so also another thing they mentioned is, hey, if you only have a couple hours, maybe getting that later sleep may be better for you in terms of not having to wake up so, so early. Obviously, if you work at two in the morning, three in the morning, you got to get up, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Got to put food on the table. But if we have a chance to maybe sleep a little bit later, that might be helpful. But like I said, not a slam dunk there either as well, because maybe that have might have altering effects on uh, blood insulin as well. So we'll see. But if we're still struggling, right, we've done all those things and you're not sleeping well, please, please, please get professional help. Go talk to your doctor, go talk to a physician, sleep medicine doc, something like that. Get professional help because it's so important. And maybe it just takes a little bit of, you know, tweaking here and there, or maybe it takes some medication or it takes a CPAP machine, who knows what. But like I said, you just trying on your own over and over and over after you've tried a couple of the, you know, simple tweaks uh, might not be worth it. So don't never feel like it's, hey, it's our, it's our job. It's our, our job as physicians to be there. If you need help, go talk to someone. But like I said, I'm all about focusing on lifestyle changes, right? I truly think that things will compound when you have bad sleep. So this leads to a lot of things down the line. That's why I think sleep is so important. Not because it's necessarily, you know, a, a, an effect on your testosterone, which it may have an effect on your testosterone. I'm not saying it won't, but it just leads to so many bad things down, like down the road that I, that's why I care. Because let's say you have bad sleep, right? Like everyone's felt that like when you sleep bad, like you're just like angry and you're tired, but you also just like are hungry, right? It leads to bad food choices. And then if you have bad food choices chronically, you know, day in and day out, cause you're so tired, it leads to increased calories, which leads to increased body weight and, you know, worse body composition. And then also it decreases your ability to work out cause you're so tired and affecting body composition even more. And so at the end of the day, what does this sound like? Well, it sounds like we are getting to that issue where, Hey, we're having all these things stacked against us and these big rocks of the lifestyle medicine we talk about all the time that sleep is like the bedrock of that. Right. And it can lead to these other issues. And so yeah, when we talk about, hey, the testosterone decrease here, maybe 10 to 15%. Okay, maybe that's just the sleep. But then we start adding on extra weight. And, you know, that starts adding on more and more. So it's one of those things that a lot of times it just compounds. It's very rarely just one thing. 
like I said, you'll see that all the time on the internet because it's super helpful and it's nice for shorts to say, this is the one thing you need to do. But truly, truly, the one thing you need to do for improving your testosterone is radically transform your lifestyle and have solid lifestyle choices. That's really it. Sounds super simple, right? Now, obviously, we know it's not simple, but those are the big things over and over. I consistently see in the data that it's like, okay, these things here can do this and that, but like at the end, they step back. What are our big rocks? You know, we're talking about sleep, diet, exercise, body composition. Those are like the biggest things that I've seen for testosterone. Like I said, it's never just one thing. It's not like, hey, if you want to skyrocket your testosterone, do this one thing. No, it's like, hey, we need to have an entire lifestyle based around kind of being healthy and having a, you know, quote unquote, normal or healthy testosterone is pretty much going to be a byproduct of just living a healthy lifestyle. Like I said, I'm never going out there saying I need to raise my testosterone. Um, hoping that just as the lifestyle we live, the testosterone outcome is just kind of a byproduct of that. So Thank you so much though for following along. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed this and you kind of enjoy this style, you might enjoy my mailing list. I only send updates when things come out, whether it's a new video, podcast, or article, something like that. And I promise I will not spam you because I hate spam so much. But like I said, if you want to be in touch, let me know. Please sign up. And there's a link here at the bottom of either the YouTube video or the podcast. But thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. Now get off the phone, get outside, and have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.